Check out my website for all the latest information on Paracons, public appearances, and television appearance, and my 2021 lecture tour at jeremyleonard.net. Also, we are on Facebook at Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun Demonologist, as well as the Cajun Ministry. Also, check us out on Instagram and Twitter under Jeremy Leonard, the Cajun Demonologist. And thank you all for your support. Existing just beyond the boundaries of our comprehension, there lies an unseen world. A world that exists just beyond the veil of darkness. A world that should be left undisturbed. You're listening to the Cajun Demonology Podcast. I can fight all spiritual battles that are set before me. Lord God Almighty, Shaper and Ruler of all creations, we pray for your great mercy that you guide us towards you, for we cannot find our way and guide us to your will, to the need of our soul, for we cannot do it ourselves. our minds steadfast and aware of our soul's needs. Strengthen us against the temptations of the devil and remove us all lust and every unrighteousness and shield us against the foe, seen and unseen. Teach us to do your will that we may love you before all things with a pure mind. For you are our maker, our redeemer, our help, our comfort, our trust, our hope, our praise. To you now and forever. podcast i am your host jeremy leonard the cajun demonologist we are broadcasting live deep within the swamps in the bayou of southern louisiana and what a nasty day it is it's been raining here non-stop for about the past eight hours and on top of that it is quite chilly outside we are continuing our christmas countdown 
Today is December the 19th of 2020 and we, we are seven days away from Christmas. I received some really, really exciting news today and I wish that I can share it with you guys, but I can't at this moment, but hopefully in the near future I will be able to share this with you all. It looks like 2021 is going to shape up to be a great year. So in this episode, we are going to continue our discussion on how to perform a exorcism or a deliverance. In the last episode, we talked a little bit about the language that would be used in a deliverance or exorcism. Today, we're going to talk about specific prayers or rituals that would be put into an exorcism or a deliverance in the proper order that it should be in. So fasten that seatbelt, tighten that chin strap, we're going to go for a ride right after these messages from our sponsor. Cajun Hut Jewelry has a wide selection of handmade St. Michael and St. Benedict bracelets, as well as handmade rosaries, horseshoe crosses, and also be sure to check out our luxury line of jewelry as well. We make each piece of our handmade jewelry with you in mind. Please be sure to check us out at Cajun Hut Jewelry on Facebook or visit our store at jeremywinner.net. subject. I now offer an online demonology and spiritual warfare 101 course. Throughout this course, you will gain the knowledge that you need to successfully combat the forces of darkness. For more information, message me on Facebook at Jeremy Leonard or email me at ghostquestparanormal at ymail.com. And we are back. Thank you for tuning into the Cajun Demonologist Podcast. All right, so I think the first step that we need to take is actually distinguish between the two. What is the difference between a deliverance versus an exorcism? All right, so exorcisms are carried out through the use of various rituals of exorcism, such as the Roman ritual such as the rite of exorcism, which is very specific to the Roman Catholic Church. During an exorcism, the priest will use sacramentals such as a St. Benedict's crucifix, which is specific to the Catholic faith in general. They will also use holy water, blessed olive oil, as well as blessed salts, and they will also use incense such as sandalwood or frankincense. When it comes to deliverances, a deliverance is more of a prolonged type of ritual. So not only do you perform a specific ritual to expel an entity, but with deliverance you also help that person, that client that's been affected deal with the emotional side to it as well. Versus an exorcism, the priest will come in and perform the exorcism. Then after the exorcism is complete and the entity is expelled, then that person would go to a counselor or so on to try to get their life back in order. Versus a deliverance, usually the person that performed the expulsion of the entity will also 
perform rituals to try to help that person heal from the inside out. You know, you have to think of this way. So think of a drug addict. They've been on drugs for a very long time. Now, when they get off, they have withdrawals, right? Because their body is used to the way it feels when they are on drugs. And when they get off, their body goes into shock. Well, this happens after a deliverance or an exorcism. You see, the body has gotten used to the entity being dwelling within. And when the entity is no longer there, the body sort of goes into shock. You know, believe it or not, there's a lot of people out there that know that they are possessed, but they do not want to have an exorcism done because they will not be able to function without the entity being part of them because it has been part of them for so long. Yes, this actually does happen. That's why, as for me, one thing that I absolutely make sure before I perform a deliverance or exorcism on someone, they have to tell me in their own voice, Jeremy, I want you to do an exorcism or deliverance. I want you to free me from this entity and I really do this for two reasons number one obviously that if they tell me that they want to be rid of this then I know that they are willing to the road of hit the road of head the road ahead of them which is not always easy for various reasons and the second reason that I do it is so think of this you have to invite a demonic entity into your life correct by your own free will well when they tell me with their own words that they want to have this done to them well then they are doing the same thing for me the exorcist they are inviting me in which gives me a legal right as well now the downside to this is a lot of times the entity will try everything within its power to prevent them from actually saying this out loud there's many times where I'm face to face with a client and they're wanting to tell me so bad, but the words just will not come out of their mouth. That is because the entity is trying to prevent this from happening because when they say this in the physical world, then it puts the exorcist and the entity on a level playing field. A lot of times it's a very desperate situation, but at the same time, you have to be patient. So when it comes to deliverance as well, a deliverance is performed by many different nominations. Um, it's not really specific to one certain religious organization or group. So there are, in fact, many different variations of a deliverance as well. In fact, there is a deliverance for just about anything and everything you can think of when it comes to spirituality. So an exorcism is very specific ritual which is called the Rite of Exorcism, which is usually performed by the Roman Catholic priest. However, on the other hand, deliverance is a, a much more wider range of spiritual warfare. So I'm sure a lot of you are wondering, well, which one is better, the Rite of Exorcism or a deliverance? I will say this, when it comes to the Roman Catholic Rite of Exorcism, the ritual itself is very well put together. It covers a lot of different angles angles that you may need to use in order to find out what the actual right that the entity has in the first place. In fact, the ritual is so detailed that it takes about 
two hours to perform the actual ritual. However, a deliverance can be just as effective if it is put together the right way. See, the point is you want to try to make a ritual very detailed as much as you possibly can. That way that you can cover, whether intentionally or unintentionally, the right word that will actually break the actual right that the entity has. Because remember, as long as that entity has a legal right and that right is not broken throughout the exorcism or deliverance, the entity will not go anywhere. It will, in fact, stay because it still has that legal right. Once the legal right is broken, then and then only can you expel the entity from the person. So the next thing that you're probably wondering is, can someone besides a priest perform an exorcism? You know, this is a very tough question to answer because as for me, see, I've been put in a very unique situation. I am not Roman Catholic, however my father is, okay? I was, I was baptized as a Baptist. However, I was trained by a Roman Catholic priest, which means that throughout my training, I was trained in the art through the Roman Catholic Church. In other words, I was trained to do it the way that they do it. However, I have never performed the actual rite of exorcism or used the actual rite of exorcism because I respect the church for that. That is a rite of exorcism that was designed by the Catholic Church. So, but could I use it if I needed to? Yes, I can. And could other people use it? Yes, you could. But you see, the thing is, whether you're Catholic, whether you're Baptist, no matter what you are, you know, if you were worthy in the eyes of the Lord and he has given you authority, it really doesn't matter what background of religion you come from. Because, in fact, authority has to be given to someone to perform this in the first place. If you haven't been given that authority, then you're playing with a nuclear bomb. And it ain't going to be pretty for you. So what I do is I kind of use, I guess you would call it a hybrid. I use a lot of things and do things a certain way that the Roman Catholic Church would do, such as I use St. Benedict's crucifix, I use holy water, I use blessed oil, I use frankincense and sandalwood and so on. But the actual ritual itself, as you may have heard me say in my previous podcast, I actually usually write my own ritual that is very specific to the case that I am working on. You know, that's why I always tell people whenever they tell me, that they're interested in becoming a demonologist. I don't think that people really understand the work that goes into it. I mean, you truly have to be a historian of all different types of religion. You can't just study the, the King James Bible. You have to know the Quran. You have to know folklores, legends, theology that goes back from the dawn of creation. You know, we're talking about the Sumerians. We're talking about the Egyptians. You have to know all of these things because everything interconnects together. And that is why I truly believe that when it comes to demonology or exorcist, 
it's not something that you choose it's something that has been chosen for you it's a certain path because I'm gonna tell you as you may have heard me say many times before I surely didn't want this life for myself because it's a very hard life but it was chosen for me and I will tell you in the early days I tried to run from it many many times but it's like the more you run, the more it comes at you. There's just no escaping. You have to come to terms with it and embrace it and accept it as part of who you are. And that is how you know when you have been given the authority. We have to take a quick little break. We'll be right back. tonight we just closed on a laptop computer we will actually do the drawing for the winner tomorrow night all the proceeds that we generate from the raffle page goes toward funding the Cajun ministry the Cajun ministry itself is something that I'm very very proud of it's something I've been putting together for several years now and last year everything just kind of came together and we do a lot of great things through the ministry and the ministry is a nonprofit organization so we instead of relying on donations where people donate and doesn't get a chance to get anything in return I think the raffle is a much better way to fund the ministry because the people who are making the donations actually get a chance to get something in return. All right, so now that we understand the difference between an exorcism and a deliverance, let's discuss how to put a ritual such as a deliverance together. There are key components that must take place in order for it to be successful. So before the deliverance is to even take place, it's important to do a prayer of calling assistance from the archangels to assist you in your battle against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. So as for me, again, like I said, I do my rituals in more of a form as what a Catholic would do. So I call up on archangels such as Archangel Michael, Archangel Gabriel, Archangel Raphael, Archangel Uriel, Remiel, and Suriel. And I ask them to come down and ask them to help 
and asked them to assist us in battling the wickedness and snares of the devil on our behalf. So the next step would be that we need to insert protection for ourselves before we even begin. So once we call upon the archangels, the next step that I would do is do a protection prayer for one to protect me and anyone else involved in the home at that time and also do a prayer against any retaliation that may occur from the demonic realm. So that way that when we go about our daily lives that we're not going to be under constant attack by the demonic realm. So the way that I do this is again if, if you have listened to any of my previous podcasts you know that when I perform a deliverance or engage in spiritual warfare that I visualize everything that I want to happen. Okay so whenever I do that I use like blessed oil. Again like I said I, I incorporate a lot of the Catholic ways of doing things because that's the way I was trained. So I will take extra virgin olive oil that has been blessed and I will put the sign of the cross on everyone's forehead that is going to participate in the actual ritual itself. So a lot of times the rituals that I do also takes an assistant which my wife is my assistant whenever I do such things and I also have an apprentice. So if my wife isn't around to be able to assist me then my apprentice will assist me in the actual ritual itself as he learns and his knowledge gets greater and greater eventually he will be able to go off on his own and also i should probably mention this i have a team of four people and they accompany me any and every time that i engage in spiritual warfare because i'm going to tell you not only do you have to worry about the demonic but you have to worry about the demonic influence or manipulating people that are in the home as well. And one of my members, his sole job is to act as my bodyguard. If you listen to my previous podcast, you know about the real serious and real dangerous situation that me and my wife was put into at one point, and I learned the lesson the hard way. Again, if a demon senses that you are a threat, it will do anything and everything to try to remove you from the home or the environment. So now that I have called for backup by addressing the archangel, and now that I have protected everyone in the physical sense, the next step is to ask God to give you authority. So you will then address the Lord and plea for his grace to give you the authority. Because remember, without authority that is given, you're playing with the nuclear bomb and you're going to burn. So the next step tends to really get very intense. This is where you are going to now address the entity and you are going to break whatever right the entity has. So the best way for me to do this, I guess, is to give you an actual example. Now, before I start, I want to make it perfectly clear that what I am about to say is in no way, shape, or form an actual ritual. I am just giving you an example, and I'm just going to say what comes to mind. Okay, so here we go. I take authority over all demonic assignments and functions of destruction sent against this person, and I exposed all demonic forces as weakened, defeated enemies of Jesus Christ. I stand with the power of the Lord Almighty to bind all enemies of Christ. Together, all demonic entities, 
under their one and highest authority. I command these spirits to go to the foot of the cross for judgment to never return again. Their assignments and influences are over. In the name of Jesus, I now, I now break all curses that has been sent against this person. I now break and vanish all spells of witchcraft, black magic, demonic assignment, male face, and the evil eye, diabolical infestation, oppression, possession, all that is evil and sinful, jealousy, treachery, envy, all physical, psychological, moral, spiritual, and any other spirits of death and darkness. I command and bind all powers who molest this person by the power of God Almighty in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, to leave this person and to be consigned to the, the everlasting lake of fire. Now through the power and authority that's been given to me by Christ our Lord, I now declare any demonic assignments null and void. You no longer have any legal right to this person. I expel you. Go to the foot of the cross for judgment. Okay, so now with this being said, it's very important that I stress to you. I did not give enough information by doing this for you to get the bright idea to go and combat a demonic entity, okay? Look, I strongly advise that you do not. That was for educational purposes only, just so that you have an idea of how it works. All right, so here's what I want you to think about. The person that's having this performed to, they are sitting in a chair. Now, there's frankincense being burned underneath them. The exorcist is standing right over them, pushing a crucifix to their forehead. They are being periodically sprinkled with holy water. And you have to really think about this. For the person that is experiencing this, this is a very powerful and very dramatic event that is taking place. Okay, sometimes now the entity will manifest itself through that person and the person will not remember anything. Sometimes the person will just sit there and cry. Sometimes they will growl. And if the entity is strong enough or powerful enough, sometimes the entity will morph that person's face. Now what I mean by this, and I've only seen this one time, during a, an actual deliverance, I watched a young man's face morph into something else and a huge gash was appeared out of nowhere along the side of his face and as the ritual continued the gash just disappeared and his face morphed back to normal now this comes from a very powerful entity this is not something you will see every day one of the most common things that you will witness almost every time when the entity is actually expelled is the person will usually vomit now it's not normal vomit because it's pure black it almost looks like tar and a few others are that the entity will spit on you. Sometimes they will threaten you. It just depends on how much of a grip the entity has on a person and how bold the entity is. As I've stated many times in previous podcasts, the second the entity feels threatened, that's when the nastiness comes out. So once this part of it is completed... Now the entity has been expelled. It is no longer affecting the person. Now the next step is going to be you want to also do a deliverance 
on the home, which is basically going room to room and saying a phrase or, or a set of rituals stating that you now seal off this place in the most precious blood of Jesus so that evil spirits can no longer enter into our realm. So now, once all of these steps has been completed, there's one last thing to do. Now, we did it before we started, which is prayers against retaliation. But now, since the battle has been won, we want to make sure we cover ourselves, right? So we want to close out with saying a prayer against retaliation. Now, as for the ex, at this point in time, his brain is fried. He can't talk. He can barely walk. He's literally feels like he's been hit by a Mack truck. That is what it feels like. Look, I'll tell you this. Anytime, whether I'm doing a deliverance on a home or a person or both, for the next two days, don't plan anything because all I do is sleep. Oh, yeah. You better believe it. This big boy literally goes into hibernation. It takes everything out of you. That's why I always say that each case that you do is like it takes a piece of your life with you. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and I hope you actually learned something from it. As I said before in previous podcasts, one of the hardest things to do is take the complexity of spiritual warfare and try to explain it so that people can comprehend and understand the concept and what it means and how it is done. Well, we ran out of time for this episode. Until next time, see ya.